You can either work in the business or you can work on the business. They have the knowledge and skill to be successful. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has yet to come. Dive all in on the next chapter of your life. Welcome to the ProServe Podcast, a podcast for leaders of thriving boutique professional services firms. For those that aren't familiar with us, Collective 54 is the first mastermind community focused entirely on the unique needs of the boutique ProServe firm. My name is Greg Alexander. I'm the founder, and today I'll be your host. On this episode, we're going to talk about a popular management methodology, goal-setting methodology called OKRs. And the reason why we're going to talk about this is several of our members are attempting to implement them, and we're learning a lot, and we want to share some of those learnings. And if you're not using OKRs, you might be using something similar, such as the Boutique Framework from Collective 54 or EOS or Scaling Up. There's a lot of kind of techniques out there, and it's important to have one. Uh, today, we're going to talk about OKRs. And we've got a role model with us. It's a member of Collective 54 from a company called Tribal Scale. His name is Jason Mills. Jason, it's good to see you. Thanks for being here, and please introduce yourself and your firm. Sure. Thanks, Greg. My name is uh, Jason Mills. I head up engineering at Tribal Scale. Uh, we're a boutique services firm specializing in platform and software development using extreme programming, uh, which is essentially test-driven development coupled with pair programming. Uh, we also use this to provide a unique approach to digital transformation. Very good. So let's start with the basics. What is your definition of OKRs? So um, OKRs are basically, I guess, essentially company goals. Um, the the acronym, acronym stands for objectives and key results. Um, the objective portion uh, being more of a loosely defined company goal and uh, the key results more of the how to get there. So um, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of like a quick overview. Yeah. And for those that might be interested, um, they really became famous when John Doerr introduced them to Google back in the late 90s. And many in the tech world, such as Tribal Scale, you know, have embraced them as a result and to much great success. So, Jason, now that we understand what they are, let me ask you, why did you and your firm start using them? Yeah, so we've we've done goal setting exercises for several years uh, to drive personal growth and uh, company initiatives. But in the past, it was really just the manager collaborating with the uh, with their report. Um, and uh, we came to the realization that yeah, it's great if someone wants to get a certification to support their growth, but what if that doesn't align with uh, the company's goals? So what can we do to eliminate this gap? And uh, as we as we look to really align the company vision uh, in the organization, OKRs became the model to try out for us. Okay, great. And when did you begin your OKR implementation? So we started uh, end of last year, really trying to get the framework in place, um, and uh, for preparation to really launch this in Q1 of this year. So. We are about two quarters in, almost at the end of the second quarter right now, and um, uh, definitely iterated a little bit on the process, but um, that's that's where we are at this point. Which is great. I mean, we caught you at exactly the right time. If you already had everything fully baked, the, the conversation wouldn't be as fruitful because I think there's many that are in the middle of an implementation. So to hear your 
your story is going to be helpful to them. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what the journey's been so far. You know, how are you using them? What's gone well? What hasn't gone well, et cetera? Yeah, sure. So we've gone ahead and we created um, four, uh, essentially four company OKRs to help align the teams. Um, the first one was lined with um, white glove service. That was like an example of one of the ones we use, trying to provide that 10x value to our clients. Um, the second was service offerings, um, kind of like complements the first OKR. And uh, the third was thought leadership in the form of content generation through blogs, speaking of uh, speaking out on uh, on podcasts or attending meetups. And um, the fourth one was meaningful bench work. So uh, we were in a, a situation last year where uh, a lot of times people are on bench and we wanted to make sure that it aligned with uh, it's valuable time. We wanted to make sure it aligned with like with what would benefit our clients and our business the best. So those were uh, some of the the OKRs we choose to use. And then each department really gets their own. Um, uh, they, they can add a couple extra OKRs if they like, uh, based on what the department needs might be. Okay. So, so let's double click into uh, into one of them, and I'm, and I'm going to choose meaningful bench work because I think that's a rich topic for our audience. You know, most of our members, sometimes they're a little lumpy in their businesses and they can find, you know, talented people on the bench for a period of time. And then, unfortunately, sometimes it goes the other way. You're 120% capacity and everyone's burning the midnight oil. So so what is some examples of meaningful bench work? So a lot of times, like the default for us just was like, okay, work on a work on a certification. Certifications always help our, you know, our, our company in regards to AWS, Azure, um, things like that. Um, but we took it a step further and, and we, we said, you know, whatever we're working on, it should benefit either a client uh, that we're going to have in the future or a client that we have currently. And uh, we, we took it a step further and said, you know, how do we know we're succeeding in this? So, um, we, we put together like a metric saying that, you know, we want to, we want to use whatever knowledge they've gained within two months of, uh, of learning it. And that's how we know if we succeeded, uh, with that. So, so that's an example. That is a great example. So you want to use whatever you learned within two months. I, I can't help myself. Two months is a very precise number. How did you pick that? Uh, <laughs> I, it, it just seemed like it felt right. Um, <laughs> okay. it, it seems like, you know, when you're, when, when there's a little bit of leeway before the next client starts up, it seems like a good amount of time to prep before you actually kind of get deep into the project. So, um, that, that's just yeah. kind of landed there. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. All right. And, um, you know, at the top, I mentioned that OKRs is, there's other similar systems. A lot of our members use EOS, some use scaling up. Some use uh, the boutique. I mean, there's a lot of them out there, and I advocate for every one. To me, there's not a ton of difference between them. The important thing is to have one and, and be committed to it and implement it, right? So, so was there any reason why you picked OKRs over the alternatives? Uh, well, they you know they were naturally a, a good starting place if you haven't done organizational goals before. They're they were from what we the research we did they were loose, flexible to change. Uh, interpreted in different ways, um, which, which, you know, some might think that's not, you know, you want to make sure they're not interpreted in different ways, but it actually uh, allows to generate some creativity among the teams to solve different problems. Um, and they're not tied to compensation, which alleviates some of the pressure as well. 
So they were, they were basically very forgiving if we screwed this up, which <laughs> we were expecting to screw it up. Um, yeah. yeah. So and anyways, EOS has its value too, but I, I know that's more of an operating system. Yep. And we now that we're two quarters in, we're actually experimenting a bit, laying EOS on top of that to kind of like help us drive and execute um, a lot of the a, a lot of the things we want to do. So that's fantastic. So the reasons why you chose it, um, one of the reasons anyways, was the flexibility. And since this was the first attempt at this, that was obviously valuable. I also, I did not know that OKRs were divorced from compensation. So that's a valuable ad right there. And I can see the benefits of that. Some might argue against that, but I can see if you're early in this process that um, that might make it more, um, I guess, less stress in getting it implemented and maybe less of a shock to the system. So that's interesting. Okay. And then in terms of the six months that you've been at it, you know, if you were to do it over again right now, if you had a clean sheet of paper, is there any any gotchas, any failures that happened along the way that you wish you would have known? I, I think overall it went uh, pretty well. Uh, we, we implemented this using just basic spreadsheets. Seems I think you can kind of run the world on spreadsheets um, <laughs> and, uh, um, and, and, and just set up the spreadsheets, you know, kind of like doing weekly check-ins, um, whether our, our OKRs were on track, off track, or if they were done. Uh, kind of provides that simple, simple implementation. As we get into it, I, I think one of the challenges for the engineering team, a lot of times engineering is one of the larger sizes, um, is the multiple hierarchical levels. Um, so not having that visibility into, oh, you know, what are the managers of the managers, uh, you know, kind of trying to deliver. So are we all in one bucket of thought leadership and no one's putting any, any knowledge into uh, or any time into um, white glove service. So uh, that was a challenge um, that, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of working through and, and evolving on. Hmm. And what, what are your early hypotheses as to how you might overcome that challenge? So we, I would say like long-term, maybe just finding like a tool that can kind of work through and, and, and manage that and provide that hierarchical visibility. Uh, when I was working at, um, in a former life, I built uh, performance management systems and, you know, clients created goals from very simple to very complicated scorecards, um, you know, tracking metrics on uh, time and dollar delivery. Um, but end of the day, they all wanted to see a one page dashboard with visibility all the way down the line. So um, right now we are uh, using a tool that actually integrates with our, our Google calendar and, um, allows us to kind of tag each meeting that everyone has with an OKR. Interesting. And then every month we can see how much time was spent across the organization and, uh, on, the, on the specific OKRs. So it kind of provides that visibility. It's a yeah. good start, right? Yeah, very cool. Any other, you know, tools that you all leveraged or, you know, quick hacks that people might take advantage of when you got going on this? Um, you know, we're... we're we're piloting uh, a couple different uh, things, like from the EOS standpoint. There's there's a couple different tools that just manage that whole process. Um, yep. So, like uh, we're using Ninety right now, which is um, uh, something that we're that we're trying out, yep. um, which is a good thing. How about like learning tools around OKRs? Were there any books that you read, any videos you watched, anything like that that you can recall that jumped to mind that were particularly helpful? Yeah, there there were some. Uh, there's a lot of great information uh, on some websites. Um, uh, d definitely read the book Traction, um, okay. which was a good one on EOS. Um, 
I'm trying to think of some other ones that come to mind, but those are kind of the main okay. ones. Okay, got it. And then my last question before we wrap up is, you know, the implementation of OKRs, is there one person who kind of owns the the whole thing or is it distributed? You know, who's in charge on it? Yeah, so the uh, for us, we have the, our chief of staff um, and uh, she owns the process, she kind of like owns the master spreadsheet. Yeah. And then we have the department leads that kind of like manage um, the OKRs for each department, everything kind of rolls up and that's kind of the, the, the loose structure. Got it. Very good. Okay. Well, so for the listeners that are members, let me draw your attention to making sure you, um, accept the meeting invite that will come out here shortly with Jason Mills name on it from tribal scale. And if you attend that, uh, member only private Q and a session on Friday, which is when we have our role model sessions, you can double click on any of these items and ask your questions directly of Jason. So I encourage you to do that. If you're not a member and you think you might want to consider it, go to collective54.com. You can fill out a form and one of our reps will get in contact with you. And if you want to read about other things that we do, other topics we cover in addition to this, I'd point you towards the book, The Boutique, How to Start, Scale, and Sell a Professional Services Firm. And if video is your thing on YouTube, we have a channel called Profiting in Professional Services. And you can see some videos on that. But Jason, I appreciate you accepting my invitation when I reached out to you and sharing your journey so far. And congratulations on the progress that you've made. And we learned a lot from you today. So thanks for being here. Great. Thank you, Greg. All right. Okay. And for the rest of us, you know, I wish you the best of luck as you try to grow, scale, and exit your firm in the future. We'll talk to you on the next episode. 